0: Welcome to the Pop Culture Cosmos. And we're back for another state of pro wrestling, this time for October 2023. It's Gerald Glassford coming right back at you here from the Pop Culture Cosmos, Game Source, Inside Sports Fantasy Football, and the Lakers Fast Break. We truly appreciate you checking out all of our great shows. And if you can, please give us that magical five. Just like John Cena does, you know, he uses his <laughs> whole hand with the five right there. Please <laughs> just five. Just give us a five, five-star review wherever you get your podcast. Plus, if you could like, share, subscribe. Subscribe to our YouTube channel today, and also as well, our Spotify and Apple Podcast channels to go ahead and get the latest notifications on when we go live on the air with the latest pop culture cosmos. Great interviews, tabletop RPG action, inside sports, fantasy, football, and, of course, the state of pro wrestling. You can catch it all right here at the Pop Culture Cosmos, but please subscribe today. You'll be glad you did. It is time once again for our state of pro wrestling. We're back into the ring, and we head back into the ring. A good man is here, obviously, as well. My tag team partner, as it were, I'm tagging him in right now, it is the man behind the PVD cast. You got to go ahead and check out what he's doing today at pvdcast.com. Also as well, wherever you get your podcast, it is of course John Orlando. John, it's great to have you here. Uh, that actually sounds like a really good tag team you would see. Although if you know, we were listed on the Pro Wrestling Illustrated anywhere on that magazine, our names would be running off the page for the rankings. They only make them so small. So I would be like John Orlando and Gerald Gluh. So how go you doing?
1: <laughs> I'm doing well, and uh, I'm going to go out on a limb and say it's Saturday night. It is 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, and I think that this episode of the State of Pro Wrestling is going to have higher ratings than AEW Collision.
0: And that's something we're going to go ahead and take a look at because... <laughs> Coming off of what happened with All In and All Out, uh, I was expecting, or a lot of people were out there were expecting a type of bump up for AEW. We're going to give you the state of AEW and the WWE, each after very momentous things that happened in their timeline with the WWE finally going ahead and merging with Endeavor officially, plus also as well, AEW. Where do they stand right now heading for the rest of the year We'll go ahead and talk about that, plus some international stars. We'll talk about the international stars you may not have yet on your radar, but you may just be inclined to do so because we'll go ahead and give them a shout-out here on the show. Plus, Jade Cargill, she made a lot of news by finishing out her contract with AEW and made a big splashy splash by heading over to the WWE, so much so that it was actually announced on SmackDown. So they have big plans. What kind of plans should be in place for Jade Cargo? We'll go ahead and talk about that on the show as well. But let's get to the nostalgia thing real quick, my friend. You know, I was actually at Barnes & Noble yesterday. I walked on by, walked in, headed over to the magazine rack like the days of old, and, you know, those days have come and gone when a full row of wrestling magazines would be there. I went over to the sports section. I looked high and low and tucked in on the bottom shelf where literally a guy six foot two, like myself, cannot literally see it unless I actually bent over, you know, second to last row tucked in between the fishing magazines was the Pro Wrestling Illustrated PWI 500 annual special super edition edition issue that they have each and every year, uh, but basically that was the only pro wrestling magazine. So I ask you, my friend, as I you know pulled it out, looked through it, even though I already actually knew exactly all the the standings for everyone because it's already been leaked out on the internet. Your thoughts, my friend? Pro Wrestling Illustrated is a magazine that. In recent years, it's had to embrace the more, uh, I guess, realistic side of what pro wrestling is because, you know, you can no longer go ahead and kayfabe your way out of everything. It has now had to embrace that side of it, you know, what it wouldn't do before. It was trying to be as entertainment heavy as these, what as the business once was, where it was trying to have that illusion uh, for the fans. But looks like in recent years that they've had to go and, make a change otherwise but in doing so i think it's lost a lot of its luster and at this point in time as i was reading through it i really just didn't have that sense of wonder or fun and enjoyment mm-hmm. instead mm-hmm. cruising through this pwi or any of the other wrestling magazines i would have done so in the past your thoughts my friend is pwi and the pwi 500 still relevant in 2023
1: can I ask real quick? Did you see what the price tag was on the magazine? Because those physical copies of wrestling magazines are like out of this world. As is
0: every magazine, but I think it was at close to ten. Okay, I yeah, it was eight to ten, if I'm not mistaken. So I'm just, yeah, it just it's outrageous prices at this point in time. I mean, but then again, it's the price of you know printing mm-hmm. color pictures. You know, you know we take that for granted, but it is the price of printing then. That's why newspapers and magazines are going the way of the Dodo because in the age of the internet, it's really hard to keep them alive.
1: Well, I was a fan. I I still am a fan of PWI. Uh, As a kid growing up, I would stand at the local convenience store while my dad or my mom or both my parents were at shopping in the little convenience store. I'd stand right by the newsstand and read all of those, The Wrestler and Sports Review Wrestling and PWI and... Even some of those the kind of off-brand wrestling uh, uh, magazines, I would read those. I would stand there and read and and uh, thoroughly enjoy it. And even when the PWI 500 came out, which I think has been out for, I would say,
0: more than 20 years. Would that be an accurate statement? Yeah, that would probably be, what, as far as the 500? Uh, 1991 was the first year of the okay. PWI 500. Okay, so 30 years then. Okay. Yes. And I, I remember back in those days of the early
1: days, I was fascinated by it. But as they have switched, as you've mentioned, as they've switched to being more of pulling back the curtain and not being so k the whole magazine itself has lost its luster. Uh, I think that the PWI 500 at this point, I think it's just a fun thing to do. I people that put a lot of a lot of like a lot of stroke behind who's number one and who's number five in that. You're you're being ridiculous. This is just sheer fun. It's, it's as if you got together with some of your friends at your local coffee shop or your local watering hole and you said, hey, who's the greatest quarterback to ever play in the NFL? And you rank them. That's what this is. That's all this is. It's harmless fun. I don't believe it has the relevancy in terms of importance. Is it still relevant in that aspect of, uh, you know, for giggles, we like reading it. Uh, that, I think it's still relevant. Otherwise, as, a, as an actual periodical or news outlet, um, or news article,
0: I should say, excuse me, it's not relevant anymore. It's not. I mean, but still, there's some brushback from it, especially on who gets selected in the top or upper echelon of the PWI 500. I'll read off the list of the top 10 wrestlers and then obviously you can check it out on the internet or actually go out to the store and buy a physical copy. If you were, I mean, if you want to go ahead and sport pro wrestling illustrated by all means, but you can easily find it by just typing it on a Google search. <laughs> if you want uh, the top 10 wrestlers as uh, depended on or voted on by the editors and staff of the pro wrestling illustrated Seth Rollins, Roman reigns, John Moxley, Gunther, El Hijo del Vigo, MJF, Kazuchika Okada, Orange Cassidy, Josh Alexander, and Cody Rhodes. Those are your top 10, my friend. I have a slight issue with, you know, the fact, fact that they, I understand Roman Reigns wrestles like three times a year, but still he's been the champion for multiple years. At uh, this point, uh, he is presented as the top player in the industry, Uh, MJF, uh, who you and I have been advocating for a nice long title run for years, is now in the midst of a nice long title run. So I will ask you if that's what the case is, my friend, your thoughts on hearing the top 10 wrestlers in the PWI 500.
1: Well, I think Moxley deserves to be in the top 10, but I don't think number three is where he should be. I think number three should be MJF. Um, I feel that uh, is Orange Cassidy eight or is he nine?
0: Uh, Orange Cassidy is let me go ahead and look it that right there. Eight, Eight. sorry, Just that's way too high. I, yeah, I, I agree with you there. I mean, uh, I've never seen the fascination, or or I understand he's he, you know, he in and of himself is a gimmick, but I really have an issue with, with putting him so high because. You know, there, I think there are other much more, much more uh, just deserving wrestlers, you know, than him at this point in time. But, you know, that's just just my thoughts. Josh Alexander, obviously, uh, he's also someone that, that people would say, hey, why is he so far up being Impact's uh, probably best wrestler there? But, you know, that's saying like you're a big fish in a small pond, as they used to say with, you know, as far as the old days in the territories and with him he was injured for a good portion of the year as well so i don't know i i would also have the fact uh, an issue with the fact that mjf was also put at number 6 you know say what you want about AEW he is the the best thing going with all of wrestling at this point in time and to have him down so far below even john moxley was kind of troubling to me as well
1: and you know what, if you're if we're gonna have a Japanese contingent, which they have Okada on there, but what about Sonata? Sonata's yes. had a heck of a year. He's uh, really he really comes into his own. He was is he eleven?
0: Yes, he's eleven. Okay.
1: Okay. I would have put Just him in. Just out up there. of the top ten. Yeah, I'd put him in there in that eight or nine slot.
0: Well, it's so funny because if you look much farther down the list, the thing that stuck out to everybody is the fact that LA Knight, and now remember this is actually in August. And mm-hmm. the LA Night uh, push, per se, had already started. He was put at 130. So that tells uh, everybody out there that they thought at PWI that there were 129 better wrestlers at that point in time performing better than him, even though we were already well into the midst of the LA Night push. So your thoughts on LA Knight being so far down on the list of the PWI 500? <laughs>
1: Well, again, I I don't take serious stock in the fact that he is number 130. Um, You know, it is curious that the staff of PWI thought that there was 129 wrestlers better than him. I think we already mentioned that there's probably one or two that we see in that top 10 that is clearly not as good as LA Knight. Uh I guess maybe we should look at it this way, and and I'll just present it as much as it is kind of a cop-out answer, but at least La Knight wasn't further on down the rankings. You know, he wasn't 230. I guess is the way to look at it. Um, so. Look, but bottom line is from last night's SmackDown, he he's getting the push, he's getting the rub from being with Cena, and that's all that that's all you need. You don't need to worry about a, a a countdown in some wrestling magazine. You're listening to the Pop Culture Cosmos. Don't touch that dial. Wait, do do
0: people still use dials for the latest news and information? analysis, and opinions on the Los Angeles Lakers and the NBA, check out the Lakers Fast Break podcast today on wherever you get your podcasts. Once again, it's the State of Pro Wrestling. For October 2023, it's Gerald Glassford along with John Orlando. Please support John Orlando today by heading over to the PVDCast at pvdcast.com or wherever you get your podcasts. John, that brings us to when you mentioned Sonata, the international scene. I mean, it, the international scene is often taken up by stars who've already now or who are frequenting WWE and AEW because, you know, the pro wrestling world seems to evolve so much around that. But with New Japan, Stardom, CMLL, Triple A, there's still a viable contingent what's going on around the world as far as international wrestling is concerned your thoughts on some outstanding international wrestlers that are out there that may or may not be known by the North American public at large but you know at some point in time they probably will be getting used to that because they will be getting to know them very soon most likely
1: I think the one that tops my list we all are going to get another glimpse of him albeit it's only been I think two or three times that we've seen zach saber jr in aew mm-hmm. he's he's my favorite international star hands down i think that he is obviously very confident his promos exude that confidence uh he can switch it up i know that a couple of years ago when he was all bent out of shape that Boris johnson was now the prime minister those those different promos were hilarious so he's got a little bit of a comedy streak to him in the ring he is super technical and it's different, it's something that's different. It's not the same old, uh, you know, style of wrestling. He's giving you that British strong style. And I'm a huge fan of Zach Sabre Jr. And I think that hopefully, uh, with the new AEW, uh, the I can't remember the name of the pay per view what that's happening here. Is it uh, the Dream Event Russell dream. No, Wrestle, Wrestle Dream? Wrestle Dream,
0: yes, it's based off of uh, Antonio Noki and in New Japan as far as what they used to do and as far as combining a lot of those elements. And they're obviously going to have a lot of international flavor uh, upcoming with that card, Wrestle Dream. There's speculation on exactly how much the collaboration will even get closer between AEW and New Japan and credit New Japan for going ahead. And, you know, after many years of trying to get a bigger imprint into this country, basically going ahead and, and aligning itself with AEW to do just that. And yeah, they've had
1: partnerships with Ring of Honor in the past as well. So it's always been a curiosity, excuse me, as to why they couldn't manage to get a better foothold uh, you know, than they did. Um I, I got to say though, just as a side note, you know, Saber and Danielson premier match for Wrestle Dream. I think it's the only match worth watching. I I I'm sorry. I think Wrestle Dream is nothing more than a glorified dynamite. I don't see any of these matches having any type of oomph to it, if you will, or any sizzle to them, they just seem like matches that we could have seen on a Wednesday night.
0: I agree with you. And uh, it just seems like right now that before we get into AEW and their issues and WWE and their issues, good and bad, want to go ahead and just touch on a little bit more on the international scene. I know you said Sonata. Sonata is someone, if you've not seen as of yet, might want to go ahead and YouTube it and just check out some of the work that he's done. Your thoughts on Sonata? I know you already said that you were kind of thinking that 11 is currently too low for him after the year he's had so far.
1: Yeah, I mean, he's just transformed himself from what he was a few years ago to to what he is now. Like, the transformation is very stark, and I think he's having some of the best matches of his career right now. Uh, And he's probably not as big of a name as Tanahashi, or okada but it shows that njpw has faith in him that they're confident in him that he can be a star wars champion which let's be honest that iwgp championship especially what in the last year or so has bounced around to maybe some folks that aren't really top quality uh individuals to carry that belt that's yeah, and, and that's because, you know, I mean, obviously, Osprey got injured and there were some other things that were going on within the company. So maybe Sonata, I think people should definitely check him out. But I think he's a steady hand and I think he can guide that ship until New Japan figures out what they're going to do in terms of who's going to, to chase Sonata.
0: You know... Will Ospreay is someone, obviously, you know, from an international standpoint, we would still love to see more of, you know, he gives us brief glimpses, whether it's the independent circuit impact or whether he's performing with AEW, but the fact is he has already admittedly said in his own inimitable way, how he does not want to go and wrestle full time in the States. So most likely we will never see him full time in AEW or WWE, which is unfortunate, I think, because of just even still, even after all the injuries, he still has so much to give to the to the ring. So I think that for me, one of the individuals also that you need to check out is also from the UK and she is just about ready to leave stardom. And that because I think her last wrestling matches were this weekend or very recently. And that's Mariah May. She has a look that I think uh, a lot of people would probably say, you know what? She's got pretty much uh, that it factor. I think that you know she's got work, actually had some real good time, real good matches working with Stardom. It's giving her a lot of reps uh, in preparation for maybe a bigger career ahead. Your thoughts on Mariah May as someone who might be that eh, could be on someone's radar very soon.
1: I'm going to be honest. When you started to talk about this pick, I thought you were going to take my pick for female co- international competitor. I had Julia down. Cause Good, I really, excellent. In- I love watching her stuff. She is ferocious. She's got a great look. She's got like a, a confidence about her an air about her. Um, As for Mariah May, I'm going to be 100% honest, Gerald. I don't know much about Mariah May. I have to to confess ignorance. I know that she's been in stardom for a while. Uh, She has seemed to be uh, one of the main event level players. Uh, And she has a
0: look that I think the WWE and AEW would say, you know what, we like what we see there as pharmacy. I mean, it reminds me a lot of Tiffany Stratton who is now at the top of her game with NXT facing off against Becky Lynch here uh, this weekend, as we're, as we're speaking, actually. So I really see that type of, of, I guess say just, you know, just momentum for her as far as that's concerned, because she does have that certain look and as she, and and she wrestles good enough to go ahead and probably be headed for a larger platform.
1: Yeah. she doesn't definitely has that look. And it's funny again, thinking of very much alike. You said Tiffany Stratton. That's exactly who I thought of when I saw yeah. her. And she does definitely have that look. But if I'm booking women talent, I, I I could find, with all due respect, I could find multiple Mariah Mays. I don't know if I could find a Julia that's got that unique look, that, that ferocity in the ring, is solid on promos, uh, I think I would lean more towards her, but you know uh, I definitely agree that both those women will be on uh, fans' radar here very soon.
0: Yeah. Uh, and as far as uh, any other stars that you had in mind, my friend, because obviously El Hijo de Vigo, obviously a great success story. Commander, a very good success story in his own, even though AEW has tried to do their best to go ahead and job them both out at times, which has irritated me to no end. That's not how you really treat international superstars. But is there anyone that else that's that's popping up on your radar from overseas that will someday soon get on everybody else's radar? Real soon.
1: That's a great question. Um, and and I gotta be honest, taking notes this afternoon, preparing for this episode, I was really kind of stumped to come up with a third or fourth person on my list not saying that there's not very talented people in the UK and in Japan and in Mexico and in Puerto Rico and even in Canada, but I just, uh, there's, there's nobody that really pops that I think is going to be making waves like the two that I mentioned uh, already.
0: No worries, my friend, but still there are some choices out there. We'll see how each of these wrestlers develop, but if you have an international star that you think needs some more love that we need to give a shout out to and check out their work, please let us know. Popculturecosmos at yahoo.com. But before we hit the break, my friend, want to start real quick on some thoughts on Jade Cargill, who has uh, decided to go ahead and leave AEW and has left AEW and has signed a deal with WWE. That's not the problem that's not the issue that's not the concern there we she's going to do fantastic she's an extremely gifted wrestler very strong got a good look definitely uh pretty good on the mic as well but the thing is she just does not or come in as far as just another wrestler who's going to go up through the ranks that the nxt it's got something that in mind you know two or three years we'll see what they can do and then they could come on the main roster after that The WWE has announced her signing, not only with a major press release, not only with some major interviews for her already with some major outlets, but also on a platform of SmackDown where they announced her signing with the company. They obviously, as Dave Meltzer reported behind the scenes, Wrestling Observer, he indicated that they have huge main event Big-time promotion plans for her, whether it's on SmackDown or Raw, what have you. God forbid they would want to have her on both of those outlets, you know. Jeez, you know, that would mean that they actually have one <laughs> unified wrestling company. But need I digress, my friend. Your thoughts on Jade Cargill heading to WWE? AEW wished her well. They obviously wanted, It sounds like from what I'm hearing from Tony Khan, they wanted her to stay, but... She had her mindset all along where she wanted to go once her contract was over. And that was WWE.
1: I just shake my head because any businessman or businesswoman they don't want to put time and effort into a project just to pull the plug on it. Two, three years down the road. So this baffles me that AEW spent all this time and all this money and all this effort in Jane you know, Cargill.
0: Yeah. The Goldberg yeah, yeah. unbeaten streak. Yeah.
1: Absolutely. To to build all of this. And for what? For nothing. Well, we'll just let her go. We're not going to fight. You know, we'd like you to stay, but you you want to go elsewhere. Okay. Like, I, I, and again, we, we've had this conversation on this show many, many times about the, the ability or the inability of Tony Khan to run AEW efficiently. I think that Jane Cargill will fit in nicely in the WWE and I know this is going to sound like a backhanded compliment and maybe it is I think though she's got the personality she's got the character she doesn't have very good ring skills I think that she should maybe pencil in a little bit of time at the PC to sharpen those skills she didn't get it at AEW for whatever reason so she needs to she needs to sharpen those tools a little bit and be better in the ring and then you have a total package uh, a, a fantastic athlete a fantastic woman athlete that can go up against all the other and i think we're entering an age now gerald where we're gonna see more how do i want to say it bigger women stronger women you know you look at raquel Rod, uh raquel rodriguez rhea ripley you add in jane cargill if they have i forget the the names but you have those two twins that they signed from clemson yeah. or wherever you, they're building a different look for the women's division and i think jade cargo can be a, a
0: centerpiece of that I, I agree with you my friend as much as i i don't want to say i don't like it i i don't well, i don't mind i like variation as far mm-hmm. as the the wrestling women's division is concerned but the days where we see eo sky and oscar tear it up like they did on smackdown which again uh, you know i don't know anybody out there who who got a chance to see it. But if you did, it's one of the best television matches of the year, as far as on free television, that you, if you didn't get a chance to see it, uh, even with the 30 commercials that they tried to put in front of it, showing disrespect to the ladies themselves, but they worked hard. They worked as hard as wrestlers. I have seen outside of a you know, blood match or anything like that, or cage match, you know, these two wrestlers, these two ladies wrestled as hard as you could, uh, you know for the regular type of match that they had and it, you know again uh, didn't lead to a great outcome but mm-hmm. now it's going to lead mm-hmm. to a three-way on a pay-per-view which it always does for wwe but i will say this my friend the smaller wrestlers like io sky and asuka and others uh, you know vega zia Lee, you know just you know you name whatever you know smaller wrestlers you like those are going to be harder and harder to find on wwe television going forward i have a feeling as well uh i think that reminds me a little bit of the golden days of the men's division back in the 80s where you know like in the steroid era when it was really like if you weren't big you weren't going to be pushed on wwe television i'm not going to say that they aren't going to be Push Because if you got talent and charisma, you will make it in the WWE, no matter how big or small you are. But with Jade Cargill and, like you said, Rhea Ripley, Rodriguez, Charlotte Flair, all the Mm -hmm. other larger-than-average ladies that are there as far as size, muscle, everything in there, it's going to make it harder and harder for the smaller-sized ladies to go ahead and be able to exceed the limitations of what the WWE Universe is all about. Yeah, and I think that, you
1: know, and I I forgot Bianca Belair. I mean, there's another another woman. I mean, I think that definitely she could benefit from a little bit more work. And maybe Sarah Del Rey is still training down in the PC. Maybe she can teach Jade a few minor little things to add to the arsenal and make her better. The other big question for me is Jade Cargill didn't have really too many high-profile top caliber matches in AEW because they were doing the Goldberg streak. So I'm curious to see how she will do in those first kind of quote, main event or high profile matches, whether it's on SmackDown Raw or on a uh, PLE.
0: We'll find out indeed, but we wish her the best. Jade Cargo, I think has a lot of talent. I think that she Mm -hmm. can go ahead and provide WWE with a lot. Like you said, just needs to hone her skills in the ring a little bit more Hopefully, we can get better results than we did with Ronda Rousey. Uh, You know, it just again, it depends on who she's working with. If you get her in there with a really good worker, then I think the sky is the limit for Jade Cargill. I really think that she, in the next couple of years, could be someone to watch in the WWE. Yes, agreed. 100%.
1: Thanks for checking out the PCC. You know, the pop culture cosmos. We'll be back in one moment.
0: Once again, it's the State of Pro Wrestling 2023 for October. It's Gerald Glassford along with John Orlando. Please go ahead and check out John Orlando's great show, the PVD Cast at pvdcast.com or wherever you get your podcasts. My friend, that comes the time, you know, with with the AEW and WWE both have had recent monumental events for their companies. AEW with all in, in London, you know, depending on who you ask, 70,000, 80,000. It's a lot of people, record number, <laughs> whatever you want to say. As far as people in London, you know, it's just that number. It's like, okay, what's the number? Is it the turnstile number? Is it the actual tickets sold? Is it people actually in the building or in the stadium? I just, you know, a lot of people were there. A lot of people were there, but you know, they always, you know, each company wants to hold this record and all that, that. You know, jargon and all that stuff like that. I will say, though, also as well, WWE coming off the merger that has now been finalized. It is no longer in the full and only hands of Vince McMahon as Ari Emanuel and Endeavor, along with UFC, have now merged into one big happy family. Although it wasn't so happy lately if you own the stock. But we'll start off with the AEW first. And AEW All Elite Wrestling, the thing was, you and I said on this show that okay it's great that you have eighty thousand people going to london for all in and it's great you have a lot of interest for all out but you were also heavy on the drama with cm punk and the fact that you you fired him and and told him to get lost is going to be a big issue you lost a major drawing card since then we have seen the number of uh, events that they've had live the live attendance has gone down dramatically uh, the recent grand slam event uh, i think they had half what they the attendance that they mm-hmm. had the previous year it, it and, was
1: reported it was reported to be 11000
0: was it that much? Okay, I, that, think so. that, that, I think it was actually even less. I think it was like only 7,000 that, like, the day of that. But yeah, even though that's still, you know, obviously only half the building that's been sold out. I know earlier this year for Double or Nothing here in Las Vegas, the, the crowd size was not exactly that great as well. But I do know that their other shows are not drawing what they once did, and their TV attendance is also down. Saturday especially for AEW Collision the show that they created which they were supposed to have a CM Punk front which after the controversy again was involving CM Punk is now really in a hard way right now plus also their Friday show Rampage you know the, those two shows especially getting killed uh you know especially during the competition with with college football what are your thoughts on where AEW stands to me, it's a very uneven mix. You can try and spike it up all you want, as Tony Khan is trying to do heading into Russell Dream. The fact he's trying to go ahead and, and make some major deals right now with, uh, you know, for a new television home, or stay with Warner Brothers and, and possibly be even on Max Channel for for their library and for their live events going forward. And a similar deal that that they may be looking at. What that what uh, right now that WWE and and it has right now going for itself. Your thoughts on where AEW is and where it stands going forward in twenty twenty three?
1: Okay, well, I would like to just say one thing about the the Arthur Ashe Stadium show. That it, yes, it was reported that you know it was like seven thousand, eight thousand, and then they had a, a big uh walk
0: up. A walk up, yeah.
1: But you got to give it credit; they were the smart. The smartest thing they could have done: send MJF to every New York media outlet you could through the entire week. Smart thing, Tony Khan. That was a brilliant idea. It, I, I, I would say even if you had, if you already had sold fifteen thousand tickets, still doing that was a brilliant idea. That's what I talked about when we discussed the 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 Wembley Stadium show. You have to find momentum, and you have to build momentum after the event. And so I, th- this is a prime example of how you have built it to help sell more tickets prior to the show. But think about if you just had a, a day of a wrap-up afterwards to, again, cultivate those, those casual fans. I, I don't know. I feel like AEW is in a very peculiar way that if they were any other company, they'd be out of business because they have the cons, writing the checks. That's the only reason why they're still in business. I don't know. I I think that the bottom line, and we've said it many times on this show, your booking, your storylines have to make sense and they have to make people care and want to tune in. And, you know, there's been many times where I've said, okay, that's the main event of Dynamite. I've watched enough. I'm going to bed, you know, because it just doesn't intrigue me. Um, Again, I think I don't want to be pessimistic, but I I think that they have to start trying some new things and and maybe maybe a new outlet for TV would work better for them. I don't know. I have a feeling that they would move to another uh, outlet and it would just kind of be more of the same because that's what they're doing.
0: And that's something uh, I think at this point in time is going to be a very critical juncture for AEW because, again, they're new trying to negotiate for a new deal, but they're also coming into a situation where they're not only not getting half the WWE's audience in many cases, they're actually getting like 30 to 40 percent. So they should get 30 to 40 percent of the dollar. And news comes that WWE signed for less than expected new contract with WWE SmackDown going in you know next sometime next year i think around this time next year they would be heading to the usa network but we'll talk about that in a sec It gets to aew mjf as the champion is not the problem to me you know because he has done all he needs to do uh, i think he's done very well he's provided interesting high quality matches he's provided this company with uh, you know i guess after just you know a lot of stuff and angst as far as you know his future was going with tony khan he has now become a guy that they could lean on for promos angles a whole bunch of nine yards you know as far as the whole entire gambit of what he's doing and the thing is with adam cole now on the shelf after breaking his ankle uh you know it, it accidentally uh, trying to do a rut in you have less and less stars and CM punk being gone you have less and less stars now to lean on with AEW, and I think that's part of the problem. You've created a situation where you have a lot of mid-card wrestlers, but you don't really have a good main event that you can throw, keep on throwing out there month after month, and that's part of the problem, I think, with AEW at this point in time.
1: Agreed. You look back to the the, the good old days, as I'll call them, you always had that main event you wanted to want oh it's Hulk Hogan versus Big John Studd i want to see that 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 oh John Studd he's big dude and then you had solid undercard and i don't think that a lot of times when i watch dynamite that the undercard is is that good or sometimes the undercard is better than the main event as i alluded to earlier so i don't I know agree. i don't know i don't know what their situation is i think it would be a much better situation if tony khan would allow have a booking committee and just turn everything over to uh to those folks with him having the the final say and you know if it's a Christopher Daniels and maybe this other person this other person hey here we go let's come up with some great tv and I'll let you guys do, get to it and I'll just you know see the finished product or the rough draft I should say when you guys get it all all written up um, so the
0: qu- So the question to my friend now is the future for AEW. I mean, we went from a situation where uh, we weren't thinking, or at least I didn't think much of AEW as far as much more than Indie League when it first came out. I didn't think it was going to be able to survive. Then they totally surprised me and more credit to them for doing that and be able to provide a sustainable business model, especially through the pandemic. And I think they really did a great job of trying to build their company based off that. Now they're going through some growing pains where they really don't have enough quality wrestlers at the top of the card that's going to draw you in for three successive shows a week, plus pay-per-views on top of that. Plus they have ROH, Ring of Honor, this kind of side thing that just really, to me, just is not necessary because they haven't made it necessary for me to watch or even care that it even exists on this planet anymore. So your thoughts, my friend, on what AEW needs to do outside of the booking changes that you're saying? I really think that they need to take off one of these shows that they're doing right now and just go to two shows a week at the max. Um, the yeah. On the max. <laughs>
1: um, yeah. I agree. Uh, two shows is all you need. No, no one's watching Rampage, stop sh- stop wasting time and money with it. I, I would not be opposed to, and, and this I know gets into a lot of legal issues, but why not farm out some of your talent to some of these indies, some of these bigger indies? So say, for an example, GCW. Hey uh lauderdale you you guys you need you need a couple of talent can we send maybe darby allen up here for a series of shows you know we'll we'll throw up here i don't know pick another random person nick Komato or comato or whatever his name is Here, you guys have these two guys for a couple of months run your shows we'll get them back you know do something like that we'll absorb their contract you just let them wrestle works and different people etc cetera, etc cetera. i know that that would never happen i know because it's wrestling and there's egos involved and we've seen this time and time again but i i think getting some of those people off that roster and actually doing something so that you could bring them back or heck even send them to even smaller indies you know send some of the lee johnson hey lee you're gonna go down to this territory or this indian florida for a couple of weeks you know yeah. something to to get the reps in to get the practice so that you can bring them back to the, the main roster. You can do something with them. Like I, I just feel like there's no like there's no starting point with AAW. It's such a mess. <laughs> it's such a mess. Like you, you you just have to kind of scrap everything you've done for the last six, eight months and just start all over again. I, I just
0: I, I don't know how you fix it. I'm stumped. I throw my hands up in the air. I don't know. At this point in time, it just is something right now that, like you said, it's all over the place. I think they need to be better organized. It's just something where I see where it's just not as good as I think it should be or can be or will be. Uh, Maybe the will be part may never happen, but I really think that still, even with a new contract in place for the new outlet, or I think going max is a good, good idea, but I really would ask Netflix. Netflix or some higher profile outlet at maybe uh, amazon prime or something like that if they were to go ahead and transition over to there i think that could be the boost that they might that they probably really need at this point in time
1: it's a possibility it's a possibility the only the only problem there is again with netflix for an example i think that there would be some legal wranglings that you would have to you know hammer out as to intellectual property yeah but again you supposedly have a great uh, legal staff, so Mega could probably handle something like that.
0: Well, it's just, again, a situation where with all elite wrestling, I think that there is a lot there that you would like to, you know, that you re- really like, because the mm-hmm. in-ring quality, the in-ring component, I think, is better than what is presented on WWE. Actual mm-hmm. in-ring wrestling on an every week basis is better in AEW than WWE. The thing is though, when it comes to what they're getting out of it, uh, what the fans are getting out of it and what, what is being promoted long-term that seems to be where the disconnect is. And that has to, I think get back in shape or get back in order because they were heading in a really positive direction, but Ever, and I don't know why I want to put all this at the feet of CM Punk, because I really think that's putting too much on him. But I just think the decisions that were made by Tony Khan in regards to who was pushed when, mm-hmm. where, and how uh, outside of MJF, I think is really causing for all these issues right now where, where you're seeing declining results from what we see on AEW television and the ratings they're in.
1: Yeah, um, I, I agree. I think that, uh, again, I hate to say this, but it's very much like WCW, where there is some good stuff on an episode of Dynamite or on an episode of Collision, but yeah. there's some stuff that makes absolutely zero sense and is awful, and you are you sit on your couch going, what am I watching? What the heck? You know, yeah. um, I, I, I don't know. Like I said, I, <laughs> I wouldn't even know. If magically we got the book, I'll be honest Gerald, I would be
0: I don't even know where we start.
1: I have no idea.
0: It would be it would be one of those books that you open it up and you just like, man, it's just pages torn, it's just <laughs> names scribbled in and out, you know, yeah, it's just all over the place and again, uh, I may not know where to start, but you could try to go ahead and clean it up a lot better than what it is right now. That's all I'll say. Yeah. or follow Retro City Games on Facebook and Instagram for all the latest deals and new items. Without a doubt, there's no better place to go for your gaming needs than your friends at Retro City Games. But it is the state of pro wrestling for October 2023. John Orlando, always great to have him here, along with me, Gerald Glassford. Thanks again so much for watching and listening. But before we head on out, my friend, the WWE is not, uh, it's in, it's in okay shape, but there are some cracks that'll be appearing. And the thing, reason why I say that is that the WWE recently merged. It finally went through. Everything's great for Endeavor as they finally have now the UFC and the WWE all in one banner. Ari Emanuel, the CEO, overseeing it all. Vince McMahon as a right-hand man, which is something I thought I would never say in my entire life, but uh, right now, that's what he's listed on the corporate docket. So he is actually second in charge uh, overall with the company, with him tied with, with of course Dana White covering the UFC, and he covers the WWE. You see the product that's out there uh, right now. Again, uh, ratings are are down, but you can only you know hold so much of that. Uh, and as far as what the actual product is, product is compared to the fact that again it runs a lot of its programming up against football right now. So that's something that you, again. Take it for what it is. Attendance, house show attendance is up. That's a good thing. But the ratings, and you know, because they are where they are led them to not get a huge bump up in their new contract, as we mentioned earlier, with uh, Universal. So basically, they switched over SmackDown. This time next year, they'll be going to the USA Network. I don't know which on day, could still stay on Friday, could go to Tuesday, who knows when, when that's going to be. But Monday Night Raw's future on any platform is now in the air. It's, it's probably going to be have to go somewhere else. They will probably not stay with the USA. Your thoughts on the current status of WWE? It is a lot healthier in ways than the AEW is right now, although they did just lay off over 100 employees recently. Obviously, that's the byproduct of a merger. They always, anything seems redundant, they go ahead and take care of that. They also released several wrestlers, virtually all of which were lower card wrestlers, uh, some of which you would know, like, uh, you know, that once highlighted wrestlers and main event wrestlers like Dolph Ziggler and also as well, uh, Sheldon Benjamin and others were, were let go recently. Your thoughts on where we stand with the WWE Matt Riddle, due to controversial issues with him at a recent run-in at the, I think, LaGuardia Airport, uh, that uh, was caused for his dismissal. And I think the the actual video is coming out on TMZ. They just released it here as we were talking. So your thoughts on what the state of WWE is right now for you, coming out of this historic, non-McMahon-owned venture that we have now with endeavor and to see if they will future will be for them going forward.
1: Well, I think that as you mentioned, the product right now is, is doing okay. It's pretty solid. Um, there's lots of things. to like uh, that they're presenting to us both on Raw and SmackDown. I don't know too much about the, the backstage, the, the office dealings with Vince and, and UFC and endeavor. Um, I I will, again, much like I did before in this episode, kind of plead a little bit of ignorance there. I think whenever you have change, it's scary. I think it doesn't matter where you work, whether it's the WWE or you work at the First National Bank or you work at the the local supermarket, whatever. I think whenever there's change in the workplace, it causes a little bit of anxiety. It causes questions. It causes folks to be a a little bit scared. And I definitely think that that's, happening in the WWE right now. But as of right right here, I I personally feel like the product's pretty good, pretty solid. I mean, again, uh, you know, you mentioned Oscar and and uh IO Scott, Scott had a heck of a match. I feel the ending could have been better, the finish could have been better. You, you know got, what I think of that. Yeah, I know you do. <laughs> I know. Um, you know, you got LA Knight coming into his own and 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 teaming with Cena here for the upcoming uh pay-per-view next week. And, and definitely, Soa Sokoa is getting uh, a lot of uh, the rub from doing this program with, with Cena. Uh, there's even the wrinkle of where's Roman Reigns at. So I think they're doing, and Gunther has set a new record for the IC title. So there's lots of positives. It, even, I would say, a positive is Becky Lynch going down to NXT and winning the women's yep. title. I, I think there's a lot of positives going on in the WWE. The ratings wars. were
0: huge. They, they popped for her on NXT.
1: And they should, I mean, this is something that is, uh, I think works very, very well. If you have somebody And I don't even think Becky Lynch was stale on the main roster, but I think that that was shocking. That was surprising. It was something that we didn't anticipate. And so I think, I think overall there are a lot more positives and negatives going in or looking at, excuse me, the WWE, Uh, but in a few weeks or months when some of those things start shifting around in terms of this person in the front office is going to go here, or that person is going to get released because we have two, you know, marketing people for, they could just do one job. We don't need two. that's going to cause more anxiety and that's going to trickle down to the wrestlers. I mean, obviously, because I'm sure, I'm sure that anybody on the WWE roster would not get a direct answer if they went to a, somebody that's in the power uh, in in power and say hey so you got rid of two marketing departments now we have one how's that going to impact me i'm sure they would never get an answer so yeah. i i think that the wwe will be fine they're gonna they're gonna ride this out i think the rest of the year there's gonna be some peaks and valleys uh when it comes to you know the reorganization of endeavor and it will trickle down, but I think ultimately they will continue to uh, be prosperous by the end of the year.
0: So, how are you enjoying the booking aspect of it? I think they're, you know, the idea of bringing LA Knight along slowly, but still having him in high profile positions, uh, I think is good. I'm not sure I would love the fact that he's going to go up against uh, Roman Reigns. Uh, I think that's the company's idea of weighing, saying that. We believe you, but not believe in you. You know, hundred percent as far as the push is concerned, as far as the the crowd response and all that. So I am not sure that this is going to head up for something well for LA Knight fans, such as ourselves out there. I still think they should put him on the Raw roster and have him grab that title because I think it's more achievable. Uh, I just think that right now Roman Reigns should be heading and gearing towards a Rock matchup, which I guess Rock uh, the other day, uh, you know, in an interview said that it was probably going to happen here this past WrestleMania, but it fell uh, through for various reasons. But his appearance on SmackDown a couple weeks ago sparked new rumors of a possible match coming up here next year in Philadelphia for WrestleMania. So I am assuming that that would be the targeted case, but Again, uh, you know the booking is something that we've talked about in the WWE at nauseam. As far as you can take it or leave it, and usually I like to leave it. Your thoughts on where the WWE goes next with its booking, and and the fact is that again you see a lot of things that you like and don't like coming around the corner for the WWE.
1: You know the booking has been has been okay, and uh, in, in the in what I've highlighted, there's been things that I don't really dig the booking of. I I don't feel like the new days recent run has been anything worth watching to be honest with you and you incorporate in you know Drew McIntyre Matt Riddle and and then the Viking Raiders I think I think all that was not very good I think on the undercard there's a lot to be done I would like to see Bronson Reed booked stronger than he has been I think that uh, Rollins and Nakamura I think has been built very very well uh, especially with the with the Nakamura vignettes where he has been, you know, with the red background and speaking Japanese and they have to subtitle it, uh, I think it's good. I think that's been good. So I think it's a mixed bag. I think the the top tier, the more influential storylines have been well booked. Uh, the bottom hasn't really been booked real well. Whether you're looking at the women's division or the men's division uh, in WWE, uh, hopefully, hopefully that changes you know, in the next few months. But again, it's kind of, that's the way it's been where, you know, there's a few things that get booked well and the rest kind of just get slapped together.
0: And that's the problem. You know, back in the day, there were times that, you know, it was fully fleshed out and there were storylines that you could care about, that people would care about. I don't want to go back to the 90s and sound like that guy again, but it does sound like that, you know, when you look at it, there were mid card level feuds, mid card level storylines, lower card level storylines that uh, people actually cared about or were interested in outside of just the main events stuff that was going on. These days, it just seems like you know we're just gonna throw a bunch of matches together and not really get give them any kind of storyline fleshing out for the most part as far as anything outside the main event status or or thereabouts. I really think that they need to go ahead and think these things through with the 500 writers as far as the WWE is concerned at every single level because it helps the wrestlers at every single level. If they have fleshed out storylines that people actually care about, it will make them so much more viable, so much more marketable, and so much more attractive to the WWE audience going forward. Agreed. Absolutely.
1: Strong booking Leads to a lot of success. It doesn't matter if you're AEW, WWE, or whoever. And I think that, you know, we've heard it many, many times. Vince used to figure out what WrestleMania was going to be and work backwards. I I don't think they do that now. I don't think there's any forethought into, hey, let's book next year. Let's book what we're going to do next year now and try to work backwards. I don't think that goes on now. Because you have writers that probably have never done that before. Because I'm pretty sure in hollywood you kind of have the framework you go from point a to point z kind of doing a few weaves here and there
0: but yeah i don't uh I, I don't know we'll see what happens my friend there's still so much to talk about each and every month that we're here it is the state of pro wrestling for october 2023 and we're glad you've had a chance to go ahead to sit down Listen, relax and enjoy what we've had to say in regards to our opinions and thoughts on the pro wrestling scene. But before we head on out my friend, it is always time for you to go ahead and give that elevator pitch. All right. In regards to going ahead and letting everybody know why they need to check out the latest episodes of the PVD cast.
1: Well, the latest episode of the PVD cast available at pvdcast.com or through all those major podcasting outlets uh, features a man named the gaming mixologist. Frankie Francis is a bartender out of Boston, Massachusetts, who is making a lot of cool uh, drinks modeled after video games. And he puts them up on his uh, YouTube, Instagram, and his TikToks. So we sit down, and we talk about, you know, how he created these different drinks and themes. And I even found out a little bit about bartending that I was just curious about. We even talk about some wrestling as well, Gerald, because he's a big wrestling fan. So it's a great episode. Uh, check it out again at pvdcast.com
0: or wherever you find great podcasts. Once again, it is the PVD cast. Please go ahead and check it out today at pvdcast.com. Well, my friend, I truly appreciate, as always, the time that you take each and every month in talking pro wrestling with me. Any last thoughts, my friend, on our tag team? Should we be in the top 500 for PWI before we head on out?
1: I think we should be the first tag team ever to be listed as one entity in the PWI 500. And I want Bill out after to give us uh, give us a phone call and tell us that we're in the PWI 500.
0: Absolutely, that would be awesome indeed. That is the awesome team of John Orlando and Gerald Gluh. Gluh, <laughs> according to the PWI, that's for sure. Just runs into the end of the page. And can't put any more. So oh well such is my name so for John Orlando this is Gerald Glassford thanks so much for watching and listening it's bell time once again we're going to go ahead and send it home so to speak but we want to thank you so much for watching and listening to the State of Pro Wrestling we'll see you later this week with the PCC Multiverse and also as well next month with another State of Pro Wrestling right here in the Pop Culture Cosmos